Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. A long, long time coming. And it's a pleasure to introduce to you for the first time, Father Nathan Gold. What's up, everyone? How's good, it going? Good to be back. It has been, uh, what well, we're going on about uh, 10 months, 10 months of a break. We've been in Cabo, really? Cabo together for oh, 10 months. It was a no, our last one. Our last one was put out in December. End of December. Yeah, well, it's the middle right. of yeah, September exactly. right now, but yeah, these exactly. things don't particularly matter. The, the highlights, though, we want to start with some highlights of the last nine months. Of course, the biggest highlight being... Uh, John going to Uray. A victory in a spike ball tournament. We'll get back to that in a second. No, I'm just joking. The highlight of the last nine months, of course, was Father Nathan and Father Joe, uh, both being ordained to the priesthood. Amazing, beautiful, glorious day. I vested him, which means that I put his priestly vestments on him for the first time. That was my one job. And of course, I screwed it up. So his stole was like coming out of the back of his head in front of everybody's ever loved. Yep. Yep. But I he, couldn't see it, though. So that was helpful. So all I had to do was put the thing on him and I failed. So other highlights from the year, though, for you. Um, I passed all my classes and I'm done with uh, my schoolwork for some time. Um, Where are you now? Where are we now? We should tell oh. them it's a new new location. Yeah. So we are we are podcasting at my current parish rectory which is uh, located at St. Francis Cabrini Parish in Littleton. Many of our listeners are parishioners. And for really the last like two months since I've been there, every single Sunday, another one of them comes up and says, so when are you guys going to start recording again? It's like, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. We should probably tell them <laughs> why we haven't been recording too. I was going to say, at least your parishioners listen to the podcast. Mine are like, what's a podcast? It's on a computer. What's a computer? <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Okay, well, tell them why. Whatever. Tell them why. Because oh, um, Goebbels been real cranky the last couple months. Yeah, I've been a little cranky. Um, <laughs> well, when, during our hiatus, we got a new mixer, which was a great thing, and it was so much better than our old one. The M-Audio is sitting in the corner. <laughs> and Remember that scene from Office Space? That's right. That's what we're going to do to that I wish. thing afterwards. I wish. Oh, my gosh. Actually, the Behringer almost got the same treatment. So, uh, Well, thank you to John Minto for the Behringer. I was getting to that. And Shannon, his lovely wife. Go ahead. Get to oh, that. That Shannon's his lovely wife? <laughs> Wasn't getting to that. Um, the... Um, yeah, so so we got this equipment and it's awesome, but um, I have the audio um, IQ of a small <laughs> child. Do you hear that? <laughs> I, hope they, I hope they can hear that. He has a loon. Uh, I have a loon clock. Who gave you that? Lori Brown so and, a, and family. A loon call comes off every hour. So yeah. thanks, Lori. It always sounds pretty creepy when it's like two o'clock in the morning and I forgot to turn the hall light out. And then all of a sudden, like I'm like half asleep and then there's just like, rah, rah. so anyways. Um, so then I don't really have a very high audio IQ. So, um, I don't, I don't know what the symbol for FX is. <laughs> I don't know what gigahertz are. I don't know, um, what an audio interface is. So, um, we had to find somebody that could decipher all this stuff. And in fact, we found a very generous Canadian, generous Canadian. And to him, we raise our blue. We raise our Labatt blue. We have a Canadian beer. Here's Cheers. to Jason. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> 
whatever they say in Canada. Yeah, go go Maple Leafs. I have a uh, I have an uncle who's Canadian, and I he got a little drunk one night, and I said, I want to hear you sing the national anthem because I have a feeling that no Canadian actually knows any word past Oh Canada, and then it's uh, 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 sure enough, nothing. So yep. we'll have to ask Taylor next time. So his name's Jason Taylor. So. John Mento got us the equipment. Thank you, Jonathan, and apparently Shannon, your beautiful wife, uh, who I probably met, but don't remember. Have I, don't I, met think, her? I don't think you've met her. Okay. But yeah, they got us the equipment, and we've literally been struggling for two months. We are the most technologically inept humans, and frankly, it's ridiculous. Like, we could go on and on with our sad story, but... Either way. There are powers at work, we'll just say. Yeah. So here we are. Yep. So we're recording at uh, my rectory and right now we are in the living room, which has a very wonderful vaulted ceiling, but we're hoping to move it into a much smaller space so that we have a more condensed studio sound. But we're going to call this Goebbels man cave from now on. This is probably our fourth location of, uh, yep. of uh, recording. So here we are, but this will be our standard. Hopefully these podcasts are going to be consistent. Yep. <laughs> yeah. as as That's the hope. That's a hope. As long as Goebel doesn't have like a moment like uh, The Shining in his uh, rectory or something like that, getting lodged in here too long for the winter. <laughs> Is that what happened in The Shining? In the winter? Yeah. They, they got locked in. Oh, really? And they were... Never... <laughs> no, I didn't see it. I don't really want to see it. We actually take our uh, priest convocation at the hotel. The Yeah, the Stanley. The Stanley and Hotel, yeah. And, well, uh, should we... Uh... There are certain priests that refuse to... They refused to stay there because it freaks them out so much. Well, Stephen King wrote the story there. The movie wasn't filmed there, but anyways. Oh, really? Yeah, just a side note. Oh, I thought it was filmed there. Nah, he wrote it there. Okay. I know. Okay. Public Lady. humiliation. So we move to a topic. Uh, do we have to? Uh, well, we, we kind of have one. Really? Yeah. Am right. I going to start? Yeah, let's. Yeah, I think Yours is depressing. Our Lady of Sorrows. Spoiler alert. <laughs> That'd be next week. This week, we're going to talk about macro marvels. Wow. Come Bill on. Nye, the science guy. Bill Nye, the science guy. So I've Bill, re- Bill, 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 Bill Nye, the science guy. Okay. Macro uh, Marvels. Macro Marvels. <laughs> Just looking at your eyes says it all. This is some interesting stuff. Yep. It sounds awesome. Okay. This is a book by F- Father Thomas Dubay, right? The Evidential Power of Beauty. Get that smug look off your face. Last time we recorded, I literally had to pause the uh, recording and attack you. And then we came back an hour later. Just go on. Because you just giggle every None time. None of them can see my face. Okay, I'm, just I'm stuck. continue on. I'm stuck you looking at it. You are such a victim. I know. Okay, so uh, one of the things he's trying to do in this book, The Evidential Power of Beauty, is demonstrate the relationship between science and theology. And to set the tone for this, the reason I was thinking this was an important topic was I had a lovely marriage prep meeting two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and a Hispanic girl brings in her boyfriend, or fiance, and uh, this guy literally looked exactly like Draco Malfoy, not not joking. Oh, the white hair? Like, Whoa, crazy. And he introduces himself, and he says, hi, I'm blank, and I'm an atheist. And I was like, well, nice to meet you. I'm Father John. I'm a theist. And uh, so he sits down, and... Uh, he, he immediately says, like, um, just so you know, I really kind of don't want to be here. L- lovely way to start the conversation. Right. So I said, 
Um, I don't want you to be here either. <laughs> I didn't. I wanted to say that. But what I said was, yeah, I looked into it and I couldn't find uh, an atheist marriage preparation program. So, you know, I guess you're stuck with <laughs> Catholics uh, because, you know, there's a whole problem with like, why do you even want to get married? Which we got to a little later on. But he kept saying, I believe in science. I believe in science. And uh, so we kept going on and on and on and blah, blah, blah. And he was actually a very interesting guy. I, and I actually, frankly, enjoyed it. But I had to challenge the girl because um, she would say these things like, yeah, I just like I just like feel God sometimes, you know. And I was like, you can't say things like feel God to your atheist future husband here. This is just not going to work. you know. Mm-hmm. So it, the verdict's out on whether or not um, we're going to be able to actually have a marriage happen between these two. Um, but it was an enjoyable first meeting and a very interesting one, except when I had to get fresh with him about his quoting Old Testament. I hate it when they drop that, you know, mm-hmm. it's actually anti-Semitic, but anyways, that's a whole nother point, but we're reading these books together cause he's actually able to read. And I said, give me, give me your top three favorite books. And I said, I'll give you my, my favorites. And so I gave him a couple different ones, Robert Spitzer, which you've read new proofs for the existence of God, which I haven't read, but now I'm reading with him. So you said that was one of your favorite books without ever having read it? Yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So, and this one, which I haven't even finished reading, but I wanted to share a couple of macro marvels with you, which is one of the chapters in this book, because I think this is actually interesting stuff. So get back and ready to go to astronomy class. Macro marvels. Back at Mount Zion High School. What was the third book? Third book? Uh, I I didn't say my favorite books. I said... Berenstein Bears Go to School. Yeah, well, it was the sequel. Um, there is no sequel. There's Halloween. Where he goes to middle school and he oh, gets really uh, confused. It's true. About his identity. <laughs> okay. Um, Wait, what was the third one? Um, there is a God is a book by, um, what's his name? Famous atheist who became Catholic. John McCoy recommended. I haven't read it. Yeah. So I basically told him these are my three best books, two of which I'd never read and one of which I haven't even finished. This so. is... What? This is just on um, like whether or not there's a God, right? These yeah. aren't just your favorite books. Overall. No, 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 no. These are just books that I thought, based on that conversation, okay. these are books you need to read. Okay. But the one about beauty is interesting because these physicists are starting to demonstrate that beauty actually uh, point, is pointing itself to truth, right? And if people on this podcast hear the word beauty one more time, they're just going to start vomiting because it's been... It's been Given 10 months. Them. They haven't... Ad nauseum. Well, we had that one in the spring. It hasn't been 10 months. We had that one uh, Theology on Tap recording. Oh, that's true. You and the 40 Virgins, which... That's right. Which was uh, special. That was actually you at your finest. I hope everyone's listened to that one. So, anyways, a couple of macro marvels for you. This is some interesting stuff. I'm listening. I've already been made fun of, mocked for this, because most kids learn this in fourth grade. I was playing sports, I guess. I don't know what I was doing. I sure as heck wasn't paying attention in Here school. we go. Are you going to talk about the Fibonacci sequence? No, but that's in here. Okay. No, but if you want to talk about that, we can. No, I don't really. I, I just, was beating up. Kid. I want to know. I want to know what you were learning just last week I was, reading this book. I was and, beating up kids who were carrying their baritones off the uh, school bus instead of whatever. reading stuff like this. Oh wait, that was that was Jimmy Pettyjohn. Jimmy Pettyjohn. Go ahead, read your macro marvel. Macro marvels. Okay, just a couple of quick facts for you. Okay, for, first off, I highly recommend this book, The Evidential Power of Beauty. But just a couple of of uh, marvels for you, just to marvel you right now, okay? Number one, did you know that you can fit one million of the planet Earth's into our sun? Hmm. That's crazy. It's a lot. A million. It's a lot. Just let that soak in for a second. It hasn't soaked in. It's somewhere stuck in between your gnarly looking beard and your curly Semitic hair. Okay. 
the sun is a million times the size of the earth and it's only one of three billion stars in our galaxy alone. That's crazy. Three billion stars in the Milky Way. Okay. Okay. And the Milky Way is itself one of how many billion galaxies? Five. Closer. Um, I don't know. I saw it on Thor. I don't know. We have about 50 billion 50 galaxies. billion galaxies. Isn't that crazy? So let me say that again. The sun is a million times. The big yellow one is the sun. Yep. The sun is a million times the size of our planet. Yep. A million. million. It's crazy. And um, there's three billion of them in our galaxy. Three billion stars. Three billion stars in our galaxy, the Milky Way. Uh-huh. And there's 50 million galaxies, 50 billion galaxies that we know about in our universe. Okay. That's pretty insane. Yeah. Pretty sweet. Okay. So to use an example, one of the things debate talks about here is he says that if you were to be on the beach and you picked up a handful of sand, they estimate, I don't know where they, who estimated this, or I don't even know what this means, but they said there's about 10,000 grains of sand in a handful of sand. All right. 10,000. I would think there'd be more like 11,000, but whatever. I was thinking nine, but you know what? We'll just kind of settle with 10. Okay. 10,000 grains of sand in your hand. Uh There's more stars in the universe than there are grains of sand in the entire world. Uh On the entire earth. Every beach, everything. Every ocean, everything. There are more stars in the sky than there are grains of sand. Crazy stuff. Yep. Still bored. Still following I mean, like, these these are important things. These are important things. Okay. So, moving forward, are you ready for this? Yes. If you were to travel at the speed of light, 100... <laughs> I hate looking at your face. Put, put that picture of Benedict, Pope Benedict, in front of your face so I can just like... I need <laughs> just a clown face to we give just me haven't something got back. The, the, he's just complaining because we, uh, we haven't got the angle right yet. We don't have the mojo. It's a new space. Well... It was like this a year ago. Whenever I talk about something other than, you know, Adam Sandler quotes from movies, you just get bored out of your mind. Is it recording? It's recording. Okay. So if you could travel at the speed of light, which is 186,000 miles per second, which is crazy. Uh Do you know how long it would take you to get across the universe? Six years. Five billion years. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Traveling at the speed of light. Traveling at the speed of light, it would take us how long to get across just our universe? Across the universe. Oh, the universe. Okay. <laughs> yeah, don't even get into that. Galaxy, world. okay. Multi. So I, was say, I was thinking galaxy. No. But you're saying the entire space. To circle our galaxy, you could do it, and I think it's at 150,000 years. Wow. 15, or 5 billion years to travel across at light speed, 186,000 miles per second. Well, that's that's why we have to invent warp speed. That's crazy is what it is. Well, I mean, like these are the things that we need. We have to go faster. We need warp speed. We need warp speed. Okay. So exactly. One last thing. How long would it take us to get from one point in the galaxy to another at warp speed? Probably about zero seconds. No, you're an idiot. (laughs) No, it takes longer than that. Anyways, go on. What was that? Somebody's at your door, I think. Really? Do you want to pause the recording? He's never had a guest here before. This is weird. Hang on. If this is the end, publish it, Jason. Record. And so we're back. Father Nathan Goble now out 20 bucks that he didn't have. 
Cub Scouts just came to the door. Yep. We got ourselves some chocolate and popcorn. Chocolate caramel mix. Well, where is it, though? That's the question. I he saw the go, money go away. But. He had to go. Yeah, exactly. He had to go back to his house and get it because he didn't have it in his radio flyer wagon. Uh, you wanted so, the special kind. I told Sam, you ever do this to me again where I pay for something, it's over. It's over, Sam. Cute kid. Sam doesn't think he's going to make it to Weblos because he's like, he's like, I'm a, I'm a tiger, tiger cub, and my brother's a bear cub, but I don't know if I'll ever make it to Weeblos. Like, I hate to tell it, Sam, I never made it to Weeblos. Yeah. My brother's an Eagle Scout. Really? Yeah. Steve is? Steve's an Eagle Scout, and I didn't even freaking make it to Bear. Yeah. I was a Bobcat. I was a Bobcat. Bobcat. Uh, I punched kids in the stomach who wore their uh, boondoggle to school. <laughs> about it but i didn't tell him that you didn't tell that okay we were talking about warp speed back back to macro marvels what was the uh okay oh you got a question you're actually no interested i was asking what was the last thing you were talking about i don't remember but i think that uh the next point and the final point here before we kind of wrap this puppy up because we have to tie this back into catholic stuff here in a second is the world the universe expanding right wait a second hang on i thought you said that somehow beauty points to truth isn't that where we ended well, that was like 15 minutes ago. So the truth is that there it takes this long to get across the universe, and that's beautiful and true? This is the beautiful part in a second here. Okay. Okay, just wait. So the universe is, it takes, again, you know, 15 billion years or whatever it is to travel uh-huh. at, uh, at light speed. Uh-huh. The universe is expanding. Okay. Okay. You Hubble ju- yeah. Hubble discovers this in the 40s. Okay. He notices that the, the rate of the... Uh, the distance they can measure the light between the stars and it's expanding. The universe is expanding, Hmm. which derives the big bang theory, right? Okay. Everything comes back to a moment. So the universe is founded about 12 billion years ago is what they estimate watching the rate by which the universe is expanding right now. Yes. Means that it would have come into inception about 12 billion years ago. Right. Okay. Here's what's interesting. Um, that all of the signs of the ways that it has developed from the very second that it started, all those billions of years ago, what scientists are finding, scientists who don't have a bias but are objectively looking at the data, is that there's something, there's a principle deriving it and organizing it. And they call that principle... The God principle. The anthropic principle. Oh. Not even God yet. But they're saying that all of this, all of the necessary kind of ordering which is extremely complex and extremely uh, impossible if just left a chance, Uh is leading itself towards life, towards the perfection of the conditions that would create life, which would develop in such a way as we would put anthropos at the center, human beings at the center. Just with us. Just with with us in mind. Just with us in mind. Yeah. Right. Now, this is leaving out the whole other section about aliens and all this stuff stuff. we don't know about this but what we're saying is that the this is the the quote here from these guys that the anthropic principle refers to the conclusion that physicists and astronomers are in growing numbers have reached in recent decades namely the conclusion that from the very first microsecond of the big bang the universe has developed according to astonishingly precise requirements that require that that precise requirements that point to the final appearance of man these requirements are called specificities. Mm-hmm. So there you go. So from the very second, billions and billions of years ago, that these things happen, uh, up until the moment that man comes to be, all of the right 
ordering and all of the right creation and all of the right kind of properties and specificities take place. Right. And, and, and here's an example of one. OK, this is from George, uh, George Sim Johnston, who's a uh, physicist. He says, if the cosmic expansion, the IK, the Big Bang, had been a fraction less intense, it would have imploded billions of years ago. A fraction less intense. Yes. A fraction more intense and the galaxies would not have formed at all. He said, picture a wall with thousands of dials. Each must be at exactly the right setting. Like a Behringer mixed audio set. Like a Behringer mixed audio set. Wow. Within a toleration of a millionth, right, each of the dials. Yep. In order to, in order for a carbon-based life to eventually emerge in a suburb of the Milky Way. You cannot help but think of a creator, end quote. Bam. Behringer. It's like the Behringer. Yep. It's crazy. A fraction of a dial off and John gets freaked out. That's right. And can't record. So give me your thoughts, feelings, and desires on this. Well, I've heard that in terms of uh, if the earth was like, I don't know, like a foot farther away from the sun. Uh, and then if the moon was a foot closer to the to the earth... You know, everything would be thrown off. The tides would be thrown off. Our our climate, as we know it, would be thrown off, um, and we wouldn't. It wouldn't. We wouldn't have what we have. And so, you know, um, you know, I just have to believe that there is a creator who has a greater understanding of how all these properties fit together. Um, because I would try to get everything right with one thing, and then you know not realize that, you know, I've created a hostile climate for ringtail lemurs or something. That's you know? That's right. There is a, um, there's a physicist, I was just looking for this quote here. He basically says, uh, ah, this is what they're saying, okay? Yes. Our universe is set up to do three very unusual things. Just looking at the data. Foster the complexity epitomized by life. Permit highly complex objects to stay intact over long periods of time and yet allow for gradual change. They can lead to even greater complexity, right? They're describing it here as this is from a guy named R.P. McCabe, who's again a uh, another physicist. He says that the event of this happening in our universe is an event of zero probability. Yeah, it's literally impossible yeah. for the for the the likelihood of chance to make this happen. He's yeah. like he's like this. We can't even conceive of how tiny the possibility of the chance would be. It's just, it's, right. it's literally out of our minds. And just to say, uh, it just kind of happened, you know? Right. That's it. So here's the question, Father Nathan Goebel, you're in marriage prep with an atheist and you're looking at these facts and he's really interested in science. Yeah. How do you engage somebody on this level? How do you try and move someone's heart towards openness at the possibility of theism in light of this kind of unbelievable evidence, which itself is demonstrative, but is not, um, but but is not a, a kind of a logical equation. You can't derive Christianity from this information, though it all points to it in a fitting way. Uh huh. What do you do? What was the what was the two questions that are in Garonsky's book, or maybe it's in Balthazar or something, where he asks like the the two major questions are: Is there a God, and has he said anything? Right. Has he communicated yeah. anything? Right. So the first thing you're working on is, is there a God? Um, the Bible doesn't mean anything to this guy because to him, it's just, you know, the equivalent of uh, whatever the fairy tales are from Norway. Well, what is that? 
You know what I'm talking about? The movie Frozen? Is that you're talking about? No, I'm not talking about that. Um, <laughs> Which I heard is really good. I haven't seen Hansel one. and Gretel and all those other ones. You okay. know? Like, when we start talking about the Bible, everybody's just like, oh, yeah, I've, I know those mythological stories. And, you know, they're, they're kind of allegories that point to these deeper realities. But in the end, the characters don't really matter. Okay. Um, but the question is really, is there a God? And when you look on the side of science, science in many ways is pointing towards um, an intelligent creator, not just a God who um, creates the space and then just allows, you know, random chance to kind of create things. And I mean, because some people can get back to the fact that, okay, there is there is this, you know, Theos, this, you know, Zeus character um, who is able to create the world, but he's not involved in it. He's not involved in whatever way. Um, so then, you know, that's that to me, what you're doing is very difficult work because you're trying to work with someone who doesn't have any faith. And I really don't know if I'm completely equipped to dialogue with somebody like that. Um, you know, I'm just thinking of, and I don't know this book, so again, we have to appeal to Joe Haight. Um, to eventually enlighten me, or maybe you can, but, you know, Baldazar has that book, Love Alone is Credible, and the first proof is the cosmological principle, right? Mm-hmm. So in some sense, you're just giving him a cosmological proof for the existence of God, which is, you know, um, which is what Thomas did, you know, like, I mean, that's probably where I would start with the guy is very fundamental, basic, you know, cosmological proofs for the existence of God, which we've already done a podcast on it by Father Brian Larkin. So we have, if you want right. to listen to it, that's that. That's right. Um, but uh, those kind of things, it's like, great, you know, there is, there is a God, but um, has he communicated anything? And that's the question. Um, when we look at the Bible, what is the revelation of God? And then what is the supreme revelation of God in Jesus Christ? Why does this even matter? I mean, that's, that to me is a really hard um, row to hoe, as they say. That's this right. Guy. And I think the biggest thing is to... to have the humility to say like, there's nothing I can say that will convince this guy, you know, but it's trying locating him, you know, um, on those questions, like you're saying. And when we're talking to people of different kind of worldviews or really different perspective, it's the first question is, is there any openness whatsoever? Cause if there's not openness, there's literally nothing you can do. And this guy, it's yet to be determined, frankly, but a lot of people just, they don't care. They want to tell you what they think. They want to tell you why you're wrong. And they have no idea that as Balthazar says, atheism in the modern world, is always anti-Christian. And I saw that this guy is defining himself. He's not just objectively neutral. He's defining himself as I'm not that. Yeah. I'm not one of you hypocritical religious people. Yeah. And I'm just as bad as Hamas or something like that. But he's saying something. And there's no such thing as atheism as we understand it prior to the event of Christ. Because there's not the rejection of yeah. that. So there's the question of openness. And then there's the threefold questions of, is there a God? Is Jesus Christ God? Did he invest authority to the Catholic Church? Boom, boom, boom. If you answer yes to those three questions, you should be a Catholic. If you're somewhere along the way, then we got to understand and how to engage them and dialogue them. We're going kind of long. So I want to just say one more thing from the book here. Bam. Because people might be like, ah, oh, the universe isn't 4,000 years old, right? My whole faith just crumbled. What well, have you done, Catholic What have stuff? I done? Go listen to we creation. Have, we have homeschool kids that listen to this. Go back to creation and evolution podcast from several years ago. Come on. Interesting stuff. But one last thing on this. Have you ever heard of the cambric explosion? No. It's like your tea that you have in the morning. Cambric. 
Cambric. Cambric explosion With happened. With the oil of bergamo. Right. Cambric explosion. What's called the biological... Um, Fart. <laughs> close. <laughs> We're getting kind of tired. Yeah. No more Labatt's Blue for you. Real quick. 530 million years ago, advanced life starts to develop, and it only develops within a 5 to 10 million year period. So it's not like you have... All of creation is just evolu- you know, evolving yes. over billions and billions of years. But you have this tiny period, five million years, where everything is, is kind of developing very, very quickly. And then you can go back to the Creation Evolution podcast to get more about the Cambric explosion. Well, why, how does that solve the fact that the universe is only 7,000 years old? It doesn't. The universe is not 7,000 years old. The universe is, what? is 12 billion years old. But the key is to say it's not been a 12 billion year kind of gradual evolution. Macroevolution is now what we're saying. We're saying is the evolution of life and complex forms of life happen within a five to ten million year period, around five hundred and thirty million years ago. So what we're saying is that there's a huge leap, there's a huge jump, and there's not the evidence for macroevolution to say that you were just rocks at one point. Yeah, you know. Um, I think people are going to look back on the podcast and say there was a time in the podcast where there was a Cambric uh, explosion, and then the rest is just kind of you know. Not necessarily. Hopefully, we haven't reached that point yet. If we have, well, then um, we are still, we're here. We're still doing it. I think you're pretty clever. I'm I'm kind of serious. Okay. <laughs> Could we do two shout-outs before we go? I think we need to do a lot of shout-outs. Okay. I just wish that I remembered all the people. Let's that start with just a couple we remember. First off, Sarah Bloom, your friend from Mississippi. There you who, go. Who you debated with over whether Princess Kate... Well, we'll just say you debated over the moral quality and character of Princess Kate yes. with our friend Sarah Bloom. Uh, yes, I did. And you defended one particular stance, which because of the homeschool kids who listen, we will not use the words that you That's used. True. Is that correct? That's true. Okay, good. What did she want? She just, she just said is, hello? I, said, I told, okay, her, I told her like six months ago we'd say hello. Sarah Bloom. Okay. University of Georgia. University of Georgia. You got anybody else you're thinking of? Um, well, the line deckers because they're constantly on my case. Oh, they yeah. just moved to Kansas City with some sort of family mission. Mm-hmm. So, um, greetings and uh, especially Solanus. Yes, especially. so Joe who carries my birthday, August twenty seventh. I think Lucy just had a birthday the other day. Anyways, okay. Um, there are people from my parish that I really can't remember. Maybe the Bairds, um, Mary Lynn, and Mike. very thoughtful. And I'm going over to dinner at their house tomorrow. That's so great. This is this is in payment for that. Seriously, like I can't remember all of the people. All for for all the for all the lovers of the podcast that constantly were saying, "When are you going to do it again?" Um, we're back, and we I appreciate hope, it. Hope you're satisfied. And we also thank. Remember that guy John we met after mass at Queen of Peace. Uh, he gave us the Maker's Mark. Real yes. quiet guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I want a special shout-out for him because he bought us bourbon, so thanks to him. And uh, John hasn't shared any of it with me, so... I think it's gone. But uh, we are going to be back, and we're going to be responding to emails. CatholicStuffPodcast John is going to be responding to email. at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Yep. That's it. Good That's to be it. back. Thanks again, Jonathan Mento and uh, Jason Taylor. God bless you. Look up C-Blue. <laughs>